As per always, I am so excited to be here today with Netik, who I met through the Spring Accelerator Program, which is an awesome group here in Vancouver helping young entrepreneurs launch their business. And I'm not going to lie, I really fell in love with the conversation when he told me that he took the bus from Emily Carr to Deep Cove, which is approximately an hour and 45 minutes just to eat North Vancouver's finest donut. And I wanted to learn about everything else in his life when I couldn't trust that he knows how to take a bus and go the distance for the best donuts. So without further ado, to the man who is so much more than donuts, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking time to chat today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I commit to the Uncorked podcast being about the things we can't find out about you on the internet. Yet the truth is, while we can find this out about you on the internet, you are a very fascinating human being, and I don't want to overlook that. So can you tell us about your young age entrepreneurial design self that has launched you to where you are and I mean, where you are both in your career and physically here in Vancouver now. For sure. So my journey in design and entrepreneurship started when I was in school. In sixth grade, I was introduced to design software. One of my aunts who was working at Microsoft at the time, and she introduced me to Photoshop. Actually, it's called Expression Design, which is Microsoft's version of Photoshop. And as soon as I tried out that software, I immediately fell in love with the possibilities and and to be able to design anything on the computer. Um, And so that's when my grades went down and the time I spent on the computer went up and I spent all my time just designing things uh, on the computer. And then within a year, I started working with a startup as an assistant designer. So that was my first job. I was 13 years old and I was basically helping the startup with anything in terms of graphic design, in terms of their logos and posters, uh, just little design tasks. And fast forward from there, I started taking up a lot of freelance work when I was in school. And by the time I got to high school, I actually didn't do regular high school in India. And so for the two years, 11th and 12th grade, I started my own design studio with my brother. And we would work on projects from people around the world because one, they would pay in dollars. And secondly, there's a lot more a need for design beyond India. And I did that for a couple of years. And at the end of that, the only thing that I knew and loved was, you know, any kind of digital design. So I started looking for universities that teach that. I couldn't find any courses in that space in India. So I applied to US and Canada. My first choice was to study at the California College of Arts. I received a scholarship and it was voted the world's best design school. I was so excited to go there. And then I didn't get my U.S. student visa because they said I was a, I was a potential immigrant. And so that's how I landed up in Canada instead. And it's been a super nice adventure um, getting here physically, but also just being able to access so many opportunities. And yeah, that's kind of how I got into design and then slowly moved into into entrepreneurship from there. Gosh, it's so inspiring. I 
I mean, not to talk only about your donut journey, but to your point, the journey from India to Vancouver is no small trek. And if you will travel one hour and 45 minutes for donuts, I can only imagine what it was like to travel from India to Vancouver. And especially without knowing very much about Vancouver, what did you think you were getting yourself into? Or what did you think about us crazy Canadians? So I actually, like I said, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, what I'd seen from TV shows, um, there's a character called Robin in one of the famous TV shows, and uh, she was super kind, uh, always spoke about maple syrup things that I knew before I, I got here. Um, but of course, there's been so much more to Vancouver than that. Can you tell us the, your top three favorite Vancouver restaurants? Yes, <laughs> it would be Bandidas, is a Mexican place that I really love. Sala Thai in downtown is a good Thai place and Nuba, which serves uh, Lebanese food. Amazing. And you just shared that you're working actually out of an awesome tech company called Hootsuite and Hootsuite is located right near Nuba. So I'm yep. sure that is a <laughs> for you. It's a calculated move. A calculated move. I got it. They gave you a desk so that you could eat more cauliflower, right? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Not quite. So you're at Hootsuite right now. And Vancouver is lucky that you have stayed. You, you came for design school at Emily Carr in 2015. It's now 2019. And you're into, you know, the full-fledged entrepreneurial journey, funding and, well, working out of Hootsuite. It's a real deal. And your company, your purpose, the work that you're doing in the world is so phenomenal. And I am in awe and I'm so grateful that someone like you cares like you do. Can you tell us about Next Billion and, and what you're up to creating? Yeah, so Next Billion is a company that I started off as a side project when I was in university. And the story behind Next Billion is when I was doing my first internship at Microsoft, um, I had a chance to meet and work with a blind engineer. His name is Karthik. And Karthik was, you know, he's born visually impaired and he was denied from India's top tech university just because of his disability. So from there on, he found a personal mentor, he applied abroad and he got through to Stanford on a full scholarship. He studied computer science, AI and machine learning and is now a full-time engineer at Microsoft. He also went back to the university that said no and help them change their laws so that they accept students that are visually impaired. Oh my so gosh. when Karthik and I initially met and we spoke about disability, we realized that there weren't a lot of organizations focusing on supporting people with disabilities in the tech industry. And that's when we decided to start Nextbillion. So what Nextbillion does is we connect people with disabilities who work in engineering, product design, data science, and product management. We connect them to mentors in the industry, we, and we provide them with resources to, in order to apply for jobs and internships. And when they're ready to go out there for the job process, we connect them with employers that are willing to hire inclusively as well. So incredible. And when we first started talking about this, you shared some really astounding numbers with me. Can you share those numbers, the, the figures of the disabled population and th what the opportunity landscape is here? Yeah, for sure. So the name Next Billion itself comes from the number of people with disabilities in the world. There are 1.3 billion people that have physical, mental, chronic, neurological, or learning uh, disabilities. 
and in US and Canada, this population makes up about 15% of the workforce. They're at least twice as likely to be unemployed. In the US, I know it's 2.6 times as likely to be unemployed just due to the stigma and the barriers that they face. However, what we found out was there's so many advantages that come to hiring, come with hiring people with disabilities because they have almost an 85% higher job retention rate because they value employers that are willing to hire them and they're proven to be equally or even more productive compared to other employees without disabilities. It's also super easy for employers to accommodate for people with disabilities because most accommodations cost less than $500 per employee. So um, all these numbers kind of add up to say that there's this huge population that is killed and is not being given or equal access to opportunities. So it's an opportunity for employers to tap into this, this community to not only support them because it's the right thing to do, but, but because it's also advantageous for the business. Gosh, you really give me goosebumps. And I was speaking actually with another podcast guest and we were saying that, that his tagline was just do the right thing. And it was actually in regards to gender equality in sport. And what I'm hearing from you is just do the right thing. Hire people for heart. And we don't need to look at disabilities as a disadvantage by any means. And I mean, a Microsoft example is a, is a beautiful one. And kudos to Microsoft for making that hire. Um, can we not overlook the fact that your first internship was at Microsoft? And I think you've had a couple of pretty interesting internships along the way, not to diverge from the work you're doing now with Next Billion. But can I ask um, if you, I mean, obviously your internship with Microsoft impacted this. Have, did you have any other previous um, work experiences or mentors that inspired Next Billion? So in terms of previous internships, I've had a chance to work with uh, Facebook and Microsoft in the past. In terms of people, I think there's, there's a lot of mentors that have helped us get this off the ground. I'm sure you've gone through this yourself as well. You know, starting any new business is incredibly challenging. Um, there's so many pieces that need to come together. So we have a lot of mentors from every that kind of supports specific aspects of our business. So we have a mentor named Dana, who has diversity recruiting experience with companies like Disney and EA Sports. We have mentors from one of my aunts, the same aunt who actually introduced me to design uh, when I was 12 years old, is still a mentor. She's also supporting um, us with Next Billion. Yeah, there's just way too many people, I think, for us to be able to kind of list out. But overall, I think it's, it's a collective effort. And without the help of our mentors, I don't think we would be where we are today. Wow, very cool. And so as you're building out your team and building out this really rad business, you mentioned that you're looking to grow in the U.S. and Canada. And what is the vision and what, you know, what are you working toward right now? Yeah, so... Our goal is to, um, so I'll give you the short-term, I guess the short-term goal and then the longer-term vision. So our goal currently in 2019 is to support 1,000 people with disabilities in U.S. and Canada, and we're well on our way to that goal. In terms of our longer-term vision, I wish Next Billion didn't have to exist in the sense that I wish disability and stigma wasn't uh, a, a challenge in, in terms of the hiring process. And so our vision is to make sure that we break down all the barriers and stigma around disability 
to the point where companies just find it quote unquote normal to be able to hire anyone regardless of their abilities or disabilities. So our longer term vision is to break down the barriers and stigma around disability. Amazing. I mean, a million mahalos for that, for sure. You know, on that vein and the reality that there are stigmas that exist and it isn't perceived as easy right now, do you have suggestions for how to make it easier? How can we go about hiring people with disabilities and and consider it to be a more normal task? For sure. I think the biggest thing, and you know, we the first thing we ask employers is once we get to learn a little more about how they approach diversity, we ask, what are you doing to actively either attract or hire people with disabilities? And 99% of the times, the response we get is, oh, yeah, we have uh, a checkbox on our app job application form that allows people to disclose disabilities. And if they do, then we are open to helping them. Essentially, the way I see it is this is um, it's more of a passive approach, just as with any kind of other diversity hiring when it comes to, uh, you know, gender diversity or diversity in the LGBTQ community, etc. Employers need to actively focus on hiring from these underrepresented communities because these communities, even though they have the skills, might be facing barriers along the way in getting to those specific employers. So in terms of the first thing that employers can do is for us to recognize that this is a challenge and or this is something that we should intentionally prioritize. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Secondly, is as soon as they do that, they're actively looking to engage with the disability community. So there's a lot of organizations that focus on different aspects of the of the hiring process. Next billion comes in, right? I would say at the top of the funnel where we're basically helping employers reach as many talented people with disabilities as possible. And then there's a lot of support along the way to ensure that the the interviewing processes are inclusive, that employers are willing to make accommodations. In BC, I know the Neil Squire Society provides a lot of support uh, in terms of making sure that employees with disabilities have all the tools and technologies they need to be able to perform at their jobs. And so there's a whole ecosystem within the disability community. The only thing that employers require is to say, yes, we want to do this. Mm, That's super fair. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I want to switch gears slightly and I realize that we're coming almost to the end of our time, but I want to know how you're managing your life as an entrepreneur, as a startup in Vancouver, other than your love of food, how do you find balance and rejuvenate your spirit and sweet soul when you're giving so much of it away to a beautiful community and trying to influence so many people to think bigger? What what are you doing for yourself? I'm I'm so glad you asked the question because a lot of people that hear about Next Billion from the outside, it is a very you know, social, uh, socially driven mission, but it does come with a lot of challenges in terms of being behind the scenes and getting it up and running. So personally, in order to make sure I'm not uh, burning out, I'm not overworking myself, you know, there's so much to be done and we're so excited about it. But at the same time, I kind of see it as a marathon, not a sprint. So some of the things that I kind of do to ensure that is, you know, every every day I try to stop working by 5 to 6 p.m. That's kind of when I make sure I'm closing my laptops and I'm not doing any additional work. After that, it's just time for myself. And I try to start 
earlier in the day so that I can still get as many things done, but I'm still leaving time for myself at the end. I've been working on trying to also not working weekends, even though it sounds, I don't know if it's obvious or not, but I guess weekends are meant to be taken off or, you know, it's a good way. It's a good time to take a break within the work in the longer term work marathon. It's good to have uh, weekends where you're not focusing on work-related challenges. So I keep my weekends 100% open. I will almost always not do any kind of next billion work on the weekends. And I've been trying to make a lot more time for my friends and family around me. I realized that, you know, in university when I started this, I was doing a part-time job. I was running next billion and I had a full semester workload. And so I realized that I didn't intentionally make time or I wasn't able, I didn't, you know, I wasn't able to prioritize uh, either friends or the community around me. So I'm trying to work towards that right now. And the third thing is physical health. I'm trying to get into a habit of working out regularly and playing sports. Amazing. And can you tell me how you work out? Because I really like sweaty pursuits. Well, I've joined uh, group classes. I've realized that I am not the best when it comes to like working out solo. Uh, but when I do go for group classes and like it's, it's, it's any kind of classes, I'm trying to focus on weight training. It just keeps me accountable because I see all these like, you know, tons of other people who are doing so well. And I'm like, you know what, I could get there someday, but I'm just going to start with them for now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Is there anything else that we should know about you that I haven't asked? I feel like you're just a bucket full of good little nuggets. Um, that, that's a tough question. Um, I think the biggest thing is I, in terms of the context that I was brought up as a child, I think a lot of my family is also very entrepreneurial. Um, my mom ran her own business for 10 years as well after she moved to a new city and had to start from scratch. And so I think a lot of the ways that my family and speaking of which today is uh, women's day you know my two aunts and my mom and my grandmom like that's you know along with my brother and I that's been our little tight family seeing and being brought up by these incredibly powerful women in life has been it's been so valuable to have that experience and to also see how they are tackling challenges every single day so I think all of that come together with design and good food and donuts is I think <laughs> kind of puts my personality together. It's all of you. Oh, I love it. We wrap every podcast at The Corker Co. with my favorite question, and that is what is currently making your heart beat faster? At this very moment? Sure. <laughs> the sunshine. I oh. am sitting on the terrace at Hootsuite, and I can, the sun is directly shining into my face, and I'm enjoying every moment of it. You really should because it is a special thing in Vancouver. It does not happen all the time. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. I love the work you're doing in the world. I love your enthusiasm and your spunk. And I love the stand you're taking for humans. I just, I wish you the best. And I hope that we can work together in, in some way beyond this podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this edition of Uncorked. This is Matt, and I wanted to let you know that if you're looking to get away this May long weekend, May 18th to 20th, Team Corker and Movement 108 are hosting our annual retreat, AWOL, a weekend of leisure, in a beautiful cabin in Mount Baker. 
So come ready to relax, enjoy some time outside in nature, come sweat with us, and take advantage of optional individual and group activities while dining on great food surrounded by great people. This will truly leave you feeling rested and recharged. It's the weekend that gives you an actual break. It's like the vacation that doesn't need a vacation. So sign up now by heading over to our Instagram at the Corker Co. for more information. Thanks again and see you next week.